Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the Psalm 23. That's where we are today, the 23rd Psalm. We're going through it verse by verse in a, a series entitled, Let the Shepherd Lead You. Today we're in verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5. Here's the key concept this morning. Let the shepherd lead you to abundant provision. Let the shepherd lead you to abundant provision. Verse 5. Now, all throughout this psalm, we call this the shepherd's psalm. And we have pictured ourselves as the sheep and God as our great and good shepherd. But now we come to a verse where the imagery doesn't quite seem to fit anymore. Verse 5, you follow along as I read, it says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. See, so I asked the question, since when do sheep sit at a supper table? And since when do sheep drink from cups? You see, I want you to see how the imagery is changing now. All along the psalm up to this point, we have been asked to embrace our sheepness as followers of the great shepherd, but the picture of who we really are in the sight of God is being altered now as we come to verse 5. We are no longer in the fields. We are no longer in the valleys. We are no longer sheep being led, but we are the people of God being welcomed into His presence as our wonderful host. The imagery has changed. Now, I know there are some interpreters who work very hard to keep the outdoorsy imagery alive, and they say that the table is meant to be understood as the table land, like a high mesa pasture. But I think you really have to stretch the language to, to keep that image, and still you got sheep drinking out of cups, so it doesn't fit. Better to read it as naturally as we can. We have moved away from the imagery of the shepherd and sheep. We have moved into that of the great host, welcomes us as family and guests. And once again, we see that we speak directly to our shepherd host. In the beginning of the psalm, the, 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 the psalmist is speaking about the shepherd. In verse 4, we saw a transition as he's speaking to the shepherd. Verse 5, we're speaking to the shepherd host. You prepare a table before me. And what does our shepherd host do? First, he welcomes us. He welcomes us into His home. He welcomes us into His presence. Now, we often use this psalm in uh, funeral settings, and so if the imagery is meant to apply to the transition from this life to the next life, then we can picture this home as heaven. C.H. Uh, Charles Spurgeon used to uh, talk about heaven being our home and death is but the front porch. You pass through that to get into the great eternal home. And in that usage, David is saying that God is your shepherd through life, and when you die, you are invited into His home forever. Because remember in verse 4, death is only a shadow. We're in the valley of the shadow of death because the believer does not face the real thing. Death is defeated. Ultimately, the second death cannot touch us, and we move through that porch into the house of God. But the imagery doesn't have to only apply to that transition. We don't have to wait until we die to experience the nearness and the presence of God, to experience the welcome and the hospitality of our Savior. He has, he's with us right now. 
He gives His presence right now. We can live close to Him today. So I encourage you to kind of keep both imageries alive in your mind, both that, that great uh, presence of God and the glory that is to come and both a demonstration of His emotion and His love for us, wanting to be with us right here, right now. He welcomes us into His presence. Secondly, He prepares for us. You prepare a table before me. As we enter His hospitality, we see that we are expected. We see that we're prepared for. And that's just what you do when you're excited about having company, isn't it? You prepare for them. And your preparation for your guests who are coming speaks about your admiration for your guests, your desire to be with them, the excitement that you have and the fact that they're coming and your love for them. It's planning and anticipation that demonstrates your readiness to receive them. Yesterday, Sylvia and I went to a graduation party, and as we rounded the corner to where the party was taking place, the, there was decorations already up. The, there's a place for, to get your food. It was already prepared. There were, there were drinks and, and uh, tables set up and made ready. S immediately, we, are, we were welcomed because it, we were prepared for. But you might have experienced the opposite of that sometimes, right? Sometimes when you go to somebody's house, it might be that yeah, the, there were no preparations when you get there. They answer the door. It's kind of in a fluster. Oh, oh, is it really that time already? Oh, my gosh, I, 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 lost, I lost sight of time. Sorry, the, the place is a mess. There's no food in the house. Oh, I, I'm so sorry, but I'm so glad you're here. No, you didn't remember I was even coming. They're not glad we're here in that situation. But when the experience is gracious, when the welcome is warm, when you enter the home and you can tell immediately that something great is being prepared, what smells so good? And oh, look, the table is set and all hors d'oeuvres before dinner, wow, this is great. You feel honored, you feel welcomed and built up. And that's how God welcomes us into His presence. He prepares for us. And why is it that God wants us to be near Him? Why is it that God does this in terms of uh, readiness for us to experience fellowship? It's not because we're so worthy. It's because that's who He is. That's His nature. He wants us to be near Him, so He welcomes us as an act of love, and it's His nature to do so. I love the Dennis the Menace uh, uh, comic strip that I saw not too long ago. It was Dennis and his friend, and they were walking out of the Wilson's house. You remember, you know, the neighbor, the Wilson's? And each of them had a cookie in their hand. And Dennis was telling his friend this, says, Mrs. Wilson doesn't give us cookies because we're good. Mrs. Wilson gives us cookies because she's good. God gives us grace because He's gracious. He shows us love because He's love. He finds joy in expressing that love, and it's a love that flows out of His identity, not out of duty. He does so selflessly, extravagantly, beyond our expectation. This table is prepared. Picture a banquet table. This is not a pile of burgers at the end of the table. It's extravagant. It's abundant. And notice it's He that does the preparation. Think of that. The ultimate being in the universe prepares for your presence. He prepares the table. He could have had somebody else do it. He could have said, I'll get my people, set up a meal for you. But He does it Himself. The table is prepared by the host in a banquet table in the presence of our enemies. Remember, the enemy is nearby in this imagery. 
Now, that might cause you to think, well, we've got to eat fast, take a quick bite, be on the lookout, be on the alert. But since it's God who has prepared this feast, it's God who's welcoming us into His nearness, we have a calm courage. We have the ability to eat even with the enemies near because this is the one who has shepherded us through life, shepherded us through the valley, the valley times, and the valley times end. And now he wants to remind us of his love. All of verse 5 really is meant to conjure in your, in your heart and in your mind the image of how much God loves you. That's the whole point here. And even though the enemies are there, uh, His loving nearness gives me confidence. And so He welcomes us, He prepares for us, but then He does something more. Then He honors us in a wonderful way. In the presence of our enemies, we get this feast. In those places where we are reminded that life is tough and we recall that there are those who are out to hurt us, the shepherd host is on our side. You see, the people of God have enemies. We would not be like our Lord if we didn't have enemies. He's not pretending that there's nothing, there's no problem. He's not making us forget about our enemies or giving us a little distraction, a little diversion, just a little relief. No, He's saying, I want to show your enemies that you are mine. And this is what I do for those who are mine. I honor them while the enemies look on. You see, there are some interpretations that say that, well, really, what David is saying is this table is meant to be shared with the enemies so your enemies become your friend. That's not it. That is not what this is being said. That's kind of a wishful thinking interpretation. Rather, we see a table where God feeds His beloved and the enemies look on while the beloved are honored and fed. The enemies would like to pounce, pounce on the food and pounce on us. But while He is with us, protecting us, His nearness keeps the enemies at bay. He doesn't provide a table for us to hide under while the enemies are there. No, no. He honors us in front of our enemies. They're made to see that God lavishes His love on those who are His. This is the table of your vindication. God honors you. He's vindicating you. All the injustices, all the hurts, all the unfair treatment will be addressed. The wrongs will be made right. God judges justly, and He'll honor those who are His. This exact theme comes up again from the pen of David in Psalm 27. He says, For in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. Vindication. Here in our psalm and there as well, vindication. You are vindicated for your faithful following of the Good Shepherd. Vindicated as He blesses you. This very verse came up in a story I was reading. And in the story, there was a little girl, and she was being disciplined during dinner time. In fact, she had had to have a time out. And the rest of the family was uh, eating the meal, and they turned her chair around so she would face the wall. They gave her a uh, little tray table, and they said, you eat facing the wall. Don't, don't say anything. Just sit there and eat. The, we're going to uh, continue the meal as a family, but you're getting a time out. And, you know, she kind of felt bad about that and so forth. And she was quietly eating right until the moment that she blurted out, thank you, Lord, for preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Wow. 
she, she paid a little too much attention in Sunday school. But normally when you're in the presence of your enemies, as I mentioned before, even if you eat at all in the midst of the struggle, you know, it's, haste, it's in haste and it's in fear. You remain on alert. But this, this is a picture of relaxation, the great banquet while the enemies look on. And in their presence, you are honored. And in their presence, you are anointed. Did you catch it? The very next phrase, you anoint my head with oil. That's a further honor for you. It demonstrates the esteem that the host has for you. You come into the banquet room and there's that sense, this is all for you. This is because I love you. Because I want you to be blessed and honored. Now, and you think about it for a moment. If we were invited to a banquet and God was the host, I mean, I'd just be happy to be in the room. I mean, I don't, I don't have to sit, you know, at the table. I can sit at the kids' table, you know, the, the little table. It kind of reminds me of all my, 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 my dinners at my grandmother's house and growing up with all my Italian relatives around, and we would have these big, huge dinners, and I remember the, the candles and the smells and the laughter and the, and, the, and the conversation that was happening. And I was, for a long time, I was at the kids' table, you know, and these dinners went on and on, and, you know, and, and I was with the kids' table, and then, then there came a time when they said, Mark, come on up and, and, and eat at the big table. Wow, what a promotion, okay? I'm eating, I'm eating at the big table. I'm with the, with the big people. And you know what I learned? That's no fun. <laughs> what are these people talking about? I want to go back with the kids' table, you know? But, it, but the, for that moment, it was the promotion. It was the, you know, sitting at the table, and being with those uh, who were, you know, valued and honored and valued and that kind of thing. So, and so here we have that same sense. You're being separated out. You're being promoted. You have that honored oil just anointing your head. You see, in ancient times, especially in a, a climate like uh, Israel, desert climate, water is precious. And they bathed. Particularly, they had ritual baths before they went up to the temple, and they and made sure they, they were clean physically before they would go up into the temple. They bathed. But everyday cleanliness, the everyday kind of stuff that you have, plumbing in your house and all that kind of thing, that, that didn't exist here. And uh, the, the standards were different. And so to not offend one another, fragrances were used much more profoundly, much more heavily than we, we do today. And, of course, in a, in a banquet setting, in the guest of honor would be treated to a fragrant anointing. It was an expected part of the hospitality. It demonstrated we hold you in esteem. We hold you in honor. We want to lift you up because you're special. And here we read, God is going to do that. He's wanting to do that for us, all of us. Lift us up because we have a lot of thoughts in our brains that beat us down, right? I can't do it. This is too hard. I'm a loser. I'll never be able to achieve. Why am I such a failure? I got to do better. I got to jump higher. I got to run faster. I got to do more. But along comes the great host who is the great shepherd, and he looks you in the eye and he says, you know what? You're fine. And you're mine. So you come on in. I want to honor you. You know what he's saying? He's saying you matter. You're welcome. And you are meant to feel right now as you read this that that's the way that God feels about you. And so 
there's a little bit of a challenge here, and the challenge is this. If God feels, if God honors us in that way, we, we are meant to give honor away also, to honor one another, because God is honoring all of His children in that way. Everyone who knows Christ as Savior in the family of God, this is the anointing that you get. So all of us should be honoring one another, maybe in little ways, you know. The little ways are being respectful, being polite, looking people in the eye when you talk to them, thinking the best about people, not assuming the worst, that kind of thing. And then there's the big ways, praying for them, including them, inviting them, witnessing to them, be being part of their life and making sure they know they're valued. We honor one another because we are honored as well. And God is doing something else here. He's welcoming us. He's preparing for us. He's honoring us. And He provides for us. Look at the very end of the verse. My cup overflows. The still water that brought us rest and relaxation in verse 2 now is an overflowing cup of endless refreshment, a cup that never runs dry, a cup that is slopping over. There's nothing stingy about God. He gives generously to those who come to Him. He can and He will provide what we need. There will come a time, even if we're walking through that valley of the shadow right now and we're going through it and it's difficult, there's going to come a time when the shadow times end and we will be in security and safety with Him and He will abundantly provide. He provides for our daily needs. He provides for the peace in our heart. And he does so with extravagance. I want you to see that. My cup is flowing over. F.B. Meyer wrote these words about this. He said, whatever the blessing is in our cup, it's sure to run over. With him, the calf is always the fatted calf. The robe is always the best robe. The joy is always unspeakable. The peace passes understanding. There's no grudging in God's benevolence. He does not measure out His goodness drop by drop. God is characterized by overflowing bounty. When you are with God in fellowship, the last thing you need to worry about is not having enough. God is enough. He's not a miser. He's not stingy. He's a lover and he's a giver. And when you know that and you trust that and you believe that, it is as if a light is turned on in your head no matter what you face and you say, God will provide. I know it. God will provide. He's a lover. He's a giver. The, imagery, the image of light reminds me of uh, something in my growing up years. My neighbor uh, in the neighborhood in New Jersey where, where I spent my elementary years, uh, they had a wine cellar dug under their garage, and it was accessed by a trap door. It had a dirt floor. It was never built into a legitimate room or anything like that, and you had to open up this trap door and go down. There was no light source in that place. It was just the kind of place where a small boy growing up could imagine all sorts of adventures would be happening, you know. What's really down there? A trap door? And when you open the trap door, light flooded in and everything that was there all of a sudden stood out in bold relief and boom, you could see it. And that's exactly what God wants to accomplish here as He speaks to our hearts. All of a sudden, the light comes on about how much He loves you and you have hope in His grace and His mercy. You have hope for healing and guidance. You have hope for promise and insight. And you feel worth because God loves you. You have a place at His table. And what He provides is overflowing. But there's a little more here. 
that we might not get unless we were part of this culture. You see, in the culture that David is writing to, they had table manners just like we have table manners as well. And one of the table manners of the day was this. If the host kept the cup of the guest full, in other words, kept refilling the cup, that was a signal, stay. Stay longer. Here, let me give you a little bit more so you can stay. Let's keep talking. Let's, let's, let's stay together. Here's a little bit more. However, if the host allowed the cup of the guest to drain down to nothing, there was another signal. <laughs> Time to go. You've been here long enough. You know, that's, and that was the signal. And notice what's happening here with your cup. It's overflowing. What's that message? It means never leave, never go. I want you near me. I want you here. Stay always. That is what God is saying to you. And He's saying it right now. Stay near me. And so the psalm has taken us on a journey, on an ongoing, maturing walk with God. There are plenty of times when we're like the sheep, clueless, not very wise. We wander. We nibble. But that's not all that we are. The psalmist doesn't want us to say that's all that we are. See, there's more. In the ideal and in the eternal, we have a relationship with God that is love. It's a higher and more meaningful level of relationship. We're no longer sheep, but what are we? We are welcomed family. We are welcomed guests into His banquet hall, abundantly provided for. You don't feed sheep at your table, but you feed your family at the table, and, you, and we are honored. We're aware that we have enemies in this life, but we are vindicated before those enemies because our faith is in the right object, the Lord. The point of the verse is that God wants us to have a life that's better than what we can imagine, better than what we, we're going to ask for. And we will gain that if we follow the shepherd and allow the shepherd to turn into our gracious host. We sit in his nearness and his blessing, and he provides abundantly. And all of this portrays a very simple message to you who know Him. This is how God feels about you. Let's pray together. And in an attitude of prayer, I'm going to ask you to create an image in your mind. And the image in your mind is this. You open a great heavy door out of a dark hallway. And inside that heavy door is a huge banquet room with a banquet table, and Jesus Himself is standing before you. He's changed out of His shepherd's garb, and He's now a welcoming host. And He's looking you in the eye, and He says this, I'm so glad you're here. Sit down with me. Let's spend time together. And that welcome is happening right now for you who know Him, and it will for all eternity. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. Thank you that you provide so much. Thank you, Lord, that we are honored in your presence. Lord, we love you. We seek to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.